We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hey everyone, welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. I'm Layla London, aka The Curious Girl. Now just to let you know, this podcast is not suitable for work. It's also not suitable for anybody under 18. But the rest of you consenting adults, let's get ready to talk about my sex life, sex in general, and everything in between in explicit, raunchy, fun detail. All right, here we go. Are you still stripping? No, it was a very short-lived moment, but it was the door that tapped in. It opened the hallway to my fucking empire. There's two ways to not be liked. One, be successful, and two, have an opinion. <laughs> and you're treading in that in both those areas right there. So at some point, you just have to say, fuck it. <laughs> I'm not just going to go out and just rip random dudes off the street and fuck <laughs> them for stories to recant. Or maybe. <laughs> Or maybe, that's right. No, that's in the private pod. Were you going to share the Sibian? Probably. <laughs> what is a Sibian? <laughs> a shared Sibian. You were time sharing As long it. as it's clean, you time sharing. <laughs> now, here's a fun little question. If you could write yourself the best review you've ever received, the best five-star review, what would it say? Thank you, goddess, for sacrificing your soul to us. <laughs> Five stars. Welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. I am Layla. Well, it's another exciting Saturday with some great guests. I have got the hosts of the podcast, Sletrepreneur, Anna and Liz are here. And they've pretty much gone from the champagne room to the boardroom. Meet the stripper CEO. She has turned herself into a professional goddess. And she's been featured in Forbes. She's a sex shop owner, a viral TikToker, an author. And she loves to talk about the ups and downs of running multiple hustles. And she says, join the pussy empowerment movement and earn your PhD in CE poetry with the Sletchapreneur. <laughs> and now we have two Sletchapreneurs. And actually, I consider myself a Sletchapreneur too. Yes, yes you ladies. should. You are. Yes. Welcome. Welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries. Thank you. We're so happy to be here. And and Liz is a recent co-host addition. She helps manage the professional goddess entity. And we could not scale without us as a team. And it's great to have someone to finally bounce ideas off of instead of sitting in my dark closet, crying into a microphone, recording it. Yeah. No, I love that. I don't know if you know this, Anna, but I came across your podcast several, I, I believe a couple of years ago. It seems like, it feels like in my memory banks. And I started listening and I was just like, at the time, I wasn't having guests on, I don't believe. And I was just like, but I bookmarked it because I was just like, this chick knows what she's doing. And I love her hustle because, and your tenacity, because the two things were today, this is why I'm so excited to have both of you on because we get to talk about the two things that get me the wettest. Good sex and yes. business. 
Cha-ching. So are, this is like, this is going to be fun. This is bringing it all together for me. It's a full circle moment. So just, I want to know, let's go back, Anna. You were stripping. Are you still stripping? No, it was okay. a very short-lived moment, but it was the door that tapped in. It opened the hallway to my fucking empire. Yes. I mean, it's, it's where you say you learn the base of your like business foundation. It's where you learn that basic hustle to scale it. And that I was the, ultimately, I was the brand. I didn't need to attach myself to anything that I could just reach out and take what was mine. Absolutely. So take me back. Like there had to be that moment where you had that light bulb moment, that aha moment where you're like, you know what? I'm the one that runs this shit. It's not the guy that owns this place that I come to. It's not the guys giving me the money. It's just me. It's about me. When did you have that moment? This sounds silly, but it was, we're driving two, two hours home from the club, my friend and I. And it's that 3 a.m. moment when you're pulling in to McDonald's and you can get anything you want off the menu, even though you're not going to eat it all. And then you go to the ATM and insert dollar by dollar and you're standing there for 30 minutes just cackling. And that was the like my moment in a way. I know it sounds silly, but having a full wallet and the ease of utilizing myself as a tool, I realized then like, oh, I can walk in anywhere and get whatever I want and not feel bad or guilty. I earned it. It's mine. How high can I go? Yeah, I love that. So what got you into stripping? It might be an um, obvious... So that might be obvious reasons, but it's just like, what got you well, going? Well, it's, it's definitely not the path for everyone. And I think a lot of the times when you ask anyone what their occupation is, it, it's kind of like the job presents itself or it's someone you know. And uh, for me, it was not being able to drive because I had a DUI. I was selling my clothing on eBay and kind of flipping and hustling on eBay. That was a big thing um, when I was in high school. So once I got my DUI, I couldn't drive. I, I started to do that to make money until I had a friend who was a stripper who didn't have a car and it was kind of a match made in heaven. So I'd hustle at home during the day. Then we'd go dance at night. So I was kind of running two little side hustles at the same time. And it just took traction because I just put so much energy into it. I decided not to go to college that I could make a hundred dollars a day on eBay and then a few thousand here and there dancing. And I was just having a really good time. And the internet was evolving. We had Instagram, we had free marketing, started going viral because young, sexy women, that's what people want to (laughs) see. And numbers prove that. Then Etsy came about. So I kind of shifted into like, hey, I'll start my own clothing brand. I'm creative. I'm good at Photoshop. I knew how to market. And it, it was just such a piece of cake for me. I educated myself every turn if I had a hurdle. And then I got off Etsy, made my own domain. And then there was that fork in the road as should I keep dancing? Should I keep cam modeling? Or should I focus all on my business? put all my eggs in my baskets for the business. It scaled nearly a thousand percent within a year, made my first million at 21. And this kind of led to the next four years of mental health issues, huge responsibility, stress, no social life, isolation. So once I found TikTok, I found some more joy and 
started talking about some of my cam experiences and dancing and stripping experiences because they went so viral and it was something people weren't doing in a comedic way. Yeah. So that brought me so much joy and happiness. And all at the same time, we're kind of building a team and dipping my toes in the water and hiring. So I had all the ingredients in front of me. It was what was I going to do with this viral TikTok? How I was going to make money off of it? And I decided to fully immerse myself back into sex work for A, for fun. And B, it was just a continued learning opportunity to then start curating, providing education for beginner sex workers. I'm sure we'll talk about the weird yes. things I sell. That's like a whole nother thing that I love Elizabeth to pitch it on too. But oh, yeah. We're gonna it was a whole decade of like navigating here through social media and dancing. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's kind of TikTok didn't take down every video you post just for showing your collarbones. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's well, when I start posting on TikTok, I have a TikTok account. I just haven't posted anything on it for the Curious Girl Diaries. And because I'm like, I don't want everyone else to get taken down. Then I'm going to come in. I'm going to ask everybody like, what's the best advice you got for this? How can I navigate around this bullshit? It's make yourself as PG as possible. We use like blades of grass to showcase our joint holders. We'll put like a little like leaf in it uh-huh. and say it's a toothpick holder. Like you have to go so above and beyond. We rearrange yeah. the spelling of every word in yes. the dictionary that right. can get flagged. Yeah, I bet. And what made you decide to start a podcast? Do you remember when I started it, Liz? I think I found your podcast when you were probably within the first maybe like 10 episodes. So I wasn't there as soon as it started. But you saw I was like trying to, <laughs> to work it out. I just had that feeling. I don't know if you remember at that time where... I think Joe Rogan was becoming more popular. People were getting a lot more like raw information through a podcast that wasn't censored. And I was like, oh my God, if I don't do this now, it's going to be like YouTube where you start too late. And I, I just knew it. It was, there were so many other apps around them. I think, what's the app where you just like talk to other people? It's like voice streaming. Um, Clubhouse? Yes, like Clubhouse mm-hmm. kind of started. So it was, we didn't know where to go with the brand. And Sludgepreneur was like my diary. It was, I already was putting myself out there 90%, but it was that extra 10% that people didn't see. And I wasn't really promoting it because it was for me. And you give the people what they want, they stay. And yeah. What year fun. did you start that? So when we started Horny Stoner, I want to say like three years ago. Two, say, let me do some two or three. Uh, yeah. Well, your podcast, when did you start that? Life has a funny way of me not remembering what day or year. <laughs> That's fair. It's all of our first podcast episode was March 26, 2019. Okay. Yeah. That would have been about right. When I found you a couple years ago, and because you had some stuff up, but it wasn't like mm-hmm. you didn't have like a huge no plan. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I no, I could see the way you were going. It's like I like her. She's smart. I Thank see what she's you. doing. Yeah. No, and I mean I can, you know, I can spot God. that stuff right away. I see where she's I going. No one. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. 
Play it now with Game Pass. And I think Caller Daddy was getting a lot of press. And I was like, they aren't even raunchy. No, I, I mean, <laughs> they, I don't know. I just. It's kind of the the current mainstream version of the, like the yes. subject that everybody can recall yes. and know or like sees advertised. But that, that doesn't make, that doesn't make them the bits. <laughs> <laughs> it, it gave me the cr- the competitive creativity that helps us thrive. Yeah, that helps fuel that, right? That mm-hmm. drive. You need that. You know what? I always say for me, it's world domination. I mean, it's not I just... Love her. It's, yes. Yeah, it's that's my goal. It's not just... You could say like, if you look at like, who's the top sex podcaster, that's sex with Emily. But I'm like, that's not good enough. I want... Mm-hmm. Joe Rogan has a target on his back. He may not know it, but he does. Like, I love you, Joe, but I'm coming for you. You're going to have to share the space. <laughs> well, it's true. And I think that's the, one of my biggest fear about becoming more successful is the target and just having three, two Instagram accounts, two TikToks, at least engagement up in the millions get just ripped away from us without any community guideline violations. It, it just shows there's a target on your back, whether it's competitors or people who aren't sex positive or weed positive or and female positive. These platforms are also to the point where it, they're so coded that if someone's just falsely recording your account as well, but it happens so many times or by so many accounts, then it's just going to auto-trigger things. And yeah. they say that they review every appeal and every everything. They do not. It's a bunch a different of different robot. That's a load of people. shit. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a load of shit. I got on uh, Facebook, I got uh, flagged for a girl. It was just, she was looking at an ice cream cone, a vanilla ice cream cone. That's it. Just her licking Reach. an ice cream cone. She was clothed. Mm-hmm. And I like the suggestiveness of it. And I'm like, oh, well, maybe, uh, you know, maybe Facebook doesn't, maybe they're racist. Maybe they don't like vanilla. Mark Zuckerberg just sucks. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm saying that to be flip. I mean, it's just stupid. You can't, you can't keep up with, with the ridiculousness of well, it. And, and they favoritism the larger creators. And if the larger creators are giving a playbook of what's acceptable when the young, when the people with less followers emulate that and then get penalized yeah. for it and yeah. don't get answers, just a FAQ section. Yeah. I mean, you can scroll all through TikTok and we find accounts after accounts of girls in bikinis and just shaking around and everything and like big verified creators. But the thing is, because they're verified and there's a contract signed on the back end, but like that at its base should not be the differentiation to make that okay. If it, yeah. if it can be okay on the platform in this way, it can be okay on the platform to everyone. Yeah. It's just like with anything. I mean, if you really look in history, any kind of good business model, anything that's... There are things that are just too big to fail. When the back in... 2009 or 2008, 2009, the banks got propped up. They were too big, too big to fail. Nothing's, you know, the government's not going to let them go down. The, uh, you, you know, you look at someone like Joe Rogan, he's untouchable. You know, Spotify is, he's not in danger, no matter what the guy says right now of being booted from Spotify. So to me, just the message is you have to just get too big to fail. You have to get too, you have to get big enough that they can't do anything about you one way or the other. And that's it's like yeah. Elon Musk buying Twitter, you know. Well, there Did we go. And that? then Elon and Elon Musk. I mean, like now I am going back now. Twitter is Twitter's a has been a little bit of a thorn in my side because all of a sudden every post I get gets marked with something, and I don't know how I ended up in that category. You let everybody post nudity. I'm not posting nudity. I don't. I've never posted nudity. Nothing against it. Just not, that's not what I do. And now, I mean, I'm still on there. Like you can see all my stuff, but every time I get, I post something, it says, you know, we mark this like 
sensitive. It's it, it sensitive because it may contain sensitive content. I'm like, well, I've already marked my site as. <laughs> as yeah, that. I told you it was. Um, like, let's just keep reminding you that you are sensitive content. You know, these know. platforms suck. I had an issue. I created on on my TikTok. I do a lot of like 420 content. So I created an Instagram account the other day and made it hazy days, Liz. And then I've gotten like three or four emails where Instagram was like, oh, we accidentally deactivated your account and it's reactivated now, but they've just like, it's done it for several days in a row. And I'm just like, okay, I guess I'm going to scrap this one. Yeah. Well, I know. I don't know. Although I am excited. I am excited that Elon Musk bought Twitter. I'm, you know, I am that I'm like, good. I'm interested to see what changes even, even more. um, I thought it was fake when I saw it on the internet and then I checked his Twitter. He then tweeted that next he is going to buy Coca-Cola to put the cocaine back in. I saw that. I thought that was just edited on the internet and then it, it, it was him. He tweeted it. It was his account. I I think he's being facetious. I think he's being something. I think it's, he's being facetious. I think it's a jab at all the people who are like, upset that after they've been censoring the the fuck out of everything that he's going to censor stuff. You know, it's like, really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, come on. He has so, a funny um, sense of humor. <laughs> I really do. I think, and that's the thing. That's, that's my point. It's like, the guy can say anything he wants. He can do anything he wants. He's untouchable. So I follow that lead. I'm like, yeah, I'll just create that category for myself at some point. <laughs> but go. So, okay. So you just decided to start the podcast. It was that like last 10%. Now, here's a fun little question. If you could write yourself the best review you've ever received, the best five-star review, what would it say? That's a great question. Thank you, goddess, for sacrificing your soul to us. (laughs) (laughs) Five stars. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) Okay. There we go. Yeah. I know because it is a lot. It, it's a lot of work. People look at all this stuff and it's fun and it's entertaining. And there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes. But that's what's, that's the beauty of what you guys are doing. You're also, I think, you're trying to educate other entrepreneurs and other sluttrepreneurs, you know, how to do it. And I love that. I think that's so needed in this space, in this genre that we're in. And then, you know, especially focused on women because men are capitalizing on anything sort of in the sexuality, under the sexuality umbrella mm-hmm. pretty well, I'd say. But pretty much every, every umbrella. They're everywhere. Right, right. And so I really, again, that's why I was like, I like this. I like this woman. Yeah. And and these, well, these women now, because I'm talking <laughs> about when I first, when I first found Anna and it was just, I was just checking out her stuff. I'm like, Good on her. I wanted to add, I think when you're putting yourself out there and being so vulnerable, you're pretty much inviting judgment. And when you are, you know, blatantly publicly on the record admitting mistakes, it it takes so much, not fearless, it takes so much bravery. And it's hard because you get the feedback that's like, thank you, that's that touched me so much. And then the other ones who claim like you're an expert, they talk to you as if you're a doctor and you got it wrong. And so it's hard when you don't claim to be. And I like that we correct each other here and we don't say like, this is the right way. With, with every opinion or experience we have, we know that everyone is always different. And I think that's really important in these podcast spaces that are geared toward one niche because, you know, these beginners are listening and you're shaping their... You know, they're like our children. So as a parent, in a way, as mothership, it's you have to present as if you know what you're talking about. But sometimes I come in and I'm like, what are we doing on the show today? Like, how do I pronounce this word? Yeah. Is this politically correct? And it, it's very fearful. And it definitely, it takes a lot of bravery even just to get 
on live or in front of your camera to take a selfie. But that first step to show who you are, every authentic piece of you as you are, is I think that's what makes it special, but nerve wracking. Yeah. Yeah. I learned this a long time ago in business. There's two ways to not be liked. One, be successful. And two, have an opinion. (laughs) And you're treading in that in both those areas right there. So at some point, you just have to say, fuck it. (laughs) And do your best and do you. And I think that you're proving that. You're doing that. You guys are doing that. So I love to see this female-led business. And especially, like I said, in this area, because... It has been very male-dominated, which does not seem strange that our sexuality is male-dominated. Well, we have the ability to manipulate men in power because of our sexuality. So they have to suppress the control that we have over them. I think women in history have changed politics and swayed things because of what we have to offer. And I think as women, we know that, that, that sometimes we have no other choice but to utilize that because we know it has value in a sense. Yeah, no, for sure. I've said that countless times, I think, on my own, on my podcast. I think women don't want to discuss that. They don't want to admit, I don't know why, they don't want to admit the power that your aesthetic has to a man and what that can get you and how you can leverage that. And I don't mean leverage that in a way that you're riding someone's coattails. I just mean that you're an educated person. You understand how people see you and relate to you and how they react to you. And using what you have, all the tools Mm -hmm. in your tool belt to get get where you're going and what you want is fine. And so to say, oh no, I've never leveraged my sexuality or my aesthetic. Right. I mean, a a man's gonna... Would be a a lie. And and it's not a shame. And for me, it's like not a shameful thing. It's like, yep, sure have. But I've also worked harder than you know, I run circles around most people mm-hmm. when it comes to working and work ethic. So there you go. Well, it's, it's. I mean, being sexual or beautiful or any like desirable to men, it's basically a skill that's on your resume that, or it's almost like a boss will, if that is a skill, if you are pretty and beautiful, then they prefer you to work for them or be the face of their company. So it's like, it's instilled in us that we have to actively be beautiful. You know, our, our dads and our, elders above us basically say our worth is proven on how nice and pretty we are when we're a kid. So we just kind of take that into our adulthood and it's a, it becomes a survival skill. That's mm-hmm. why so many women are trained to marry for money because I mean, that's what we were told. And then men say we're gold diggers for it and it's there's no win. So you might as well do what you can. Do what's to- going to end you up the best. I think we'd all do that. Why would yeah. we oh, not yeah. want no. to, yeah. you know? Yeah, absolutely. I had did an episode a long time ago where I had a friend of mine on and I said, I believe if every woman had $5 million in her bank account, there'd be a lot less married women. Absolutely. Because women... 100%. Marry, women are marrying for financial stability. And all things, being, all things being equal, you wouldn't be seeing these young women with these older, much older men where aesthetically they don't match up. She's not thinking mm-hmm. he's that cute. She's she's about the money. If she had her own, she wouldn't be like bothering with him. But that's the thing. I this is why I just love what you guys are doing because women can be very empowered when they have when they're in control of their own finances and they have their own money and they make their own money and they realize I don't want to say that it's not hard to do. I should, let me let me be careful what I say. That it's very empowering and it's just well, individuality itself is 
is so hard to attain, it seems like. Like you talk about the moment you say, fuck it, everything changes. And I think in everyone's life, that moment you say, fuck it, the later it comes, the the more you kind of look back and regret in which you said, fuck it earlier. So I think when you embrace that individuality, your entire life changes. It's like when you go through a breakup and you're like, oh, I forgot who I was. Yeah. Now my life's different. And yeah. we, some of us, we never fall in love with ourselves and truly love who we are. So we're missing out on what the little girl inside us really wants. And the little girl in me was literally dancing on a bucket in her backyard at all times to Britney Spears because I just wanted to be seen and heard and let my beautiful energy flow through people because it made them happy. And now I can pay my bills and make a livable wage doing the same thing that I love to do as a little girl, but more appropriately now. All the credit to Britney. Oh, yes. <laughs> so I love that you brought the, that little girl moment up because I'll tell you what, for me, it started with the little girl thing too. Like I was always taught I could do anything I put my mind to. My parents didn't put any limitations on me and they were entrepreneurs, which helped. But so they would always set like, they always set my mind in the right way because kids hear no a lot. They hear it's, no, no, no. I think you hear it's nine no's to everyone. Yes. And your brain's such a powerful thing. And if you hear yes, or I'm not sure, but how should we we fix this? Or how do you want to solve this? Or how are you going to earn that money? Or how it's how you change your vocabulary because your brain is really, it's a problem solver. But the minute mm-hmm. you say no, it stops trying to solve the problem. Mm-hmm. And so my parents would always say, like, if I wanted something outrageous, oh, they'd say, uh, well, that's a really good goal. How are you going to earn that? And we would sit down and they would help me come up with a plan. Wow. To As earn, they should. Earn and get that. And I feel like it's one of the things, you know, it's like, I would tell this because I know there's a lot of parents that listen, you know, people that have children, like it's so important to just, even if it's the craziest idea, don't say no, just say, well, that's really interesting. How are you going to do that? And let them work it out or help them work it out. Even if it's crazy and you can't really do it, let their minds be set on that. And the other thing was, I was just always told, can say anything you want with a smile on your face. That's my dad. That's what my dad told me, right? Because it's. I like that. You could just be like, you're just such a jackass. I just fucking hate you. (laughs) Right? And I look like I'm kidding, but he just instilled that in me like, this is the way in the world, you know? Pretty girl can get away with saying anything she wants with a smile on her face. You brought up the two qualities that your parents instilled in you, which critical thinking and having like solution-based thinking. Mm -hmm. It's kind of been a reoccurring theme having a team when we encounter these problems, desires, goals we have. Um, It's easy to harp on what went wrong, who did what, but the goal at the end of the day is this not why did this happen to me, but why did this happen for me? Yeah. And what can we do to make this better in the future? And it's actually a really exciting and empowering experience. So right. the way you can touch base to childhood in that way and how it's helped you build healthy habits is what we want to educate to everyone to keep passing on. It makes problems so much easier. Yes. And as you know, and what you're doing and what the field that we're in, it just, uh, it's riddled with challenges. <laughs> And even on on your end, Liz, like in the back and on the computer, sometimes it's customers or orders or the platform itself. Yes. Yeah. So how did the two of you meet? And what made you guys decide to become the, calling you the dynamic slutrepreneur duo? We'll take it. The dynamic (laughs) duchesses. (laughs) 
I'll take this one. The queen. Uh, so I found Anna's content. First, I found her online. It was pandemic. I had been furloughed from my job. I was online, finally decided I was going to download TikTok. And I came across a video and she was like, she had just gotten her house clean and then she like licked her counter and like a little wild, but like it intrigued me. So then I just started going through more of her content and it like, it just resonated with me. I I could just feel that there was something there with this person. I was like, kind of like you said, when you first found the podcast, like you could tell it was someone that was motivated and yeah. had their shit together and was trucking through every day. Kind of funny. <laughs> kind of funny. Yes, ma'am. You're very funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, very funny. Very smart. So then there hit a point where Anna made a Facebook group for the entrepreneurs, And she put up a post and she was like, I'm going to be looking for mods in the next couple days. And my ass hit every DM I could. I was like, I am not a sex worker, but I have this skill and this skill and this skill that I think I could use to help. So then I got a reply, I think like that night or the next day or something. And after a quick little conversation, I was thrown into a group chat of moderators. After a while, unfortunately, that Facebook group has gone dark and we will start again. Just another, another thing to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. And to overcome. But then when, right after we had, started the whole moderator group for the Facebook group. We got on a Zoom call just so we could all kind of meet face-to-face, just put a, a face to the name of who we were working with. And that was when I think you were already... She had been doing all of her stores from her house through the pandemic. And then into the pandemic, they switched to a fulfillment center locally um, that source several different stores and fulfilled things. But on that call, it was mentioned that already after a month or so, they realized that they needed to, or Anna needed to go ahead and find an actual warehouse to buy that is her space to fulfill and do out of, um, just because they grew so quickly. Yeah, I remember seeing a video, there was like $25,000 of bongs and dildos that showed up and she was on this big ass box that didn't fit in their their fulfillment center. Yeah. So as soon as I heard... Bongs that, and dildos. What a combo. <laughs> as soon as I heard that she was buying her own warehouse, I actually have a lot of retail and management up to like warehouse administrative management. So I created a like three or four page document with any anything I could think of that could help warehouse, that could help commerce, that could help selling, ordering, anything. Um, I put it together and I sent it off. And then probably within a month or so, her COO and I got on the phone. And I also kind of expressed that my husband and I were at a point where we were planning on moving at some point soon, but we hadn't necessarily nailed it down. And I was probably three hours away from where she lived. So thankfully when I found her online, like it was a very close thing. And that's also, as soon as my mind real, like I figured out where she was located, I looked at my husband and I was like, I don't know how yet, but I'm going to work for it. Just so you know, get uh-huh. ready to pack yeah. your bags. I'm going to figure it out. You got the memo. Yeah. And then I did. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I sent all that stuff 
uh, COO and I talked and I was like, hey, like I'd absolutely be willing to relocate down there and to work with the brands. And then Hubs and I packed up and not only did I move down to be the brand manager of the entertainment company, but Hubs is also the assistant warehouse manager here. So was able to secure him a job as well, which works out perfectly for us. Yes. Um, And I hope I've just been doing good since I've been here. I'm almost at a year of being here physically. I was already already working for like a little over half a year remotely. And we've just been powering through. Literally the week I got here, we dropped the book for the first time. So first week I was here, we dropped the book and we haven't stopped since. Yeah. Yeah. A ho got a a raise. We got her a little office. Well, so sort of an assistant pretty much. Yeah. And it's she's gonna lead the team as it grows. So it's it's exciting to teach someone how to run the train and it's alleviates so much of the business stress for me so I can actually create and have my content come across the way we want it to. Yeah. And then we were since I'm on the entertainment side compared to the stores like Horny Stoner, Blades, Alien, um, I was already working on the back end of setting up the podcast and everything and there was one time that we sat down for Anna to record and I was in the room and she was like, if you, if you like want to bounce anything during it, feel free. And I was, I was like hesitant a little bit at first because I didn't like want to overstep. But then by the end, I was, we were kind of bouncing off of each other and we closed the recording and Anna looked at me and she was like, I think I want you to be my co-host. <laughs> and I was like, help I, me. <laughs> I was like, I yeah. think I want that too. <laughs> Well, when yeah. we do lives a lot and she's a moderator on TikTok lives, Instagram, sometimes we're on for an hour and she helps me feel safe and confident to keep going when I have like an unsure low moment. So I just saw the future in that show we had and it just made sense. It's yeah. gotta grow. Can't, can't just talk. It's hard to talk to yourself. <laughs> and I'll talk all day. Yeah, as you know. I've been doing it for six years. It's, yes, yeah. that's, that's why I switched the format Originally, when I started the show, it was only supposed to be for a year. It it has changed and morphed. And when I first changed it and decided I'm going to stay on, it was really... I had said I'm not staying on because the... It's not sustainable. The format that I entered into this with is just not sustainable over time. And I don't want to be under that pressure. And it was because, you know, it's about my sex life and producing content around that. I'm not just going to go out and just rip random dudes off the street and fuck them <laughs> for stories to recant. Or this, maybe. This... <laughs> or, or maybe. That's right. No, that's in the private pod. <laughs> you got to pay for that. <laughs> anyway, so I had just had to then reformulate it and rework it. And I've so, slowly been doing that over time. But one of the things during growth mode that I discovered as well, is like, shit, it's boring to sit and talk to myself all the time. So I adjusted my format where I do two releases a week. One is just me. And then the other one, I bring guests on. So that's a lot, you know, it really, it helped. Because yeah, just sitting there and talking to your talking, coming up with topics and having a one-sided conversation is... Right. It brings so much value to have someone, what regardless of what side they are. It's just, I think it shows a lot about the host as well to bring out something different. It totally does. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I like interviewing people and I like having them interview me because you bring out something that I haven't talked about before, I haven't thought of, you know. And, and it's my- also relatable a lot yeah. of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. 
Okay. So what does the Sletchapreneur like stand for overall? What's your mission with this company? It's more of a community. Like first and foremost, it's a community. Sluts who like to make money, mm-hmm. I'd say. Period. <laughs> and then with TikTok and people being so curious at the process behind sex work, it just made sense to give some sort of a guide because if, if you don't have someone holding your hand that really knows what they're talking about, you can be led down a dark and scary path that could change your life. I mean, talk about blackmail and stalking later down the road when your images are on the internet and safety. It just, it came to me like people are aimlessly doing what I tell them to do. Like we need to make sure this is right. Yeah. So that's when, like when we started doing the books, we thought it would take a month when I had an editor and we just kept editing and adding and adding because things kept changing. And a year later, we finally put it out and we still update the stuff, but it was the stuff, (laughs) the content. But I was on YouTube doing, spending five, six hours a week filming and then another few hours editing getting not even 500 views, you make a TikTok and it engages a million people and you can make like a hundred sales in a day. So we utilize TikTok, we utilize the education, but we really, I think promoting the community and saying like, Hey, everyone who follows me, we're all in this together. Like comment, engage. Uh, We have a discord group where people can just come in and chat, whether you're a mom, um, the first timer, an expert, and get like immediate advice. Uh, the podcast is all resources. And the first two years, I didn't make a dime. It was purely let's get the people's trust before yeah. we feel confident enough to, if they're paying for something, it's our duty to make sure it's correct as much as we can. So that's kind of where we're at you, now. What's the one thing you recommend? Like you were talking about, there's some dark roads that if people don't know what they're doing, they could get stuck in. As far as you said, like with your images out there, how do you, I guess, what's the best advice you would give to somebody starting about the kinds of images they're going to be putting out there on the internet? Because it is, it's pretty much forever. And I think people have to really kind of realize that like once it's out there, it's out there. So off the top of your head, what are some of like the safety? Do you recall some? Um, Some of the first things I think about even just go to the basics of when you're like setting up your accounts and whatnot. Like some people don't realize they need to make a new email address. So their account isn't connected to everything else. Their families, uh, their family numbers, their everything. And also just one of the biggest things I feel like people run into when they're starting sex work is you get bombarded with a lot of scams in your inboxes. You just, it's, it's constant. It's bots. You, it's so much. And they're not all always going to be scammers. So it's it's really trying to figure out how to navigate those and how, like, what payment processes are okay. If they're like, oh, hey, give me, I need your this number because I, I need to do a direct payment, like red flag. No. Yeah. Like, even just some people don't realize basic signs to be able to navigate and get through setting up your things right protecting your content. A lot of people probably don't realize they can set up like a VPN or set up restrictions so people in your state don't see your content or we can block off like a state your family lives in to kind of ensure that your general circle and radius around you isn't accessing that content. You've got some distance. You've got a little bit more of a blanket of security. And in especially in online sex work, every layer of security you can add is important and it's going to just feel you, or make you feel more secure. Yeah. It's a common thing where a lot of 
women with children, I hear this more often that the, their son's friend finds their page, tells the son and so on, or the son tells friend's parents. So there, and it's an easy, well, I want to suggest the easy fix of even just the privacy settings on your phone, not allowing your contacts to sync with any app because the moment you know, your mom sends a TikTok to the kid, even just in pure fun has nothing to do with the mom's anonymous account. All of a sudden, the son is going to be getting the algorithm towards whoever sent the videos and who's in their contacts. So it's just this domino effect that could potentially get your content to someone you know. So getting a different phone, different laptops, you know, different IP addresses, VPNs, and then also when you're mailing items, because we a big part of our business is selling weird things on the internet and how to sell panties and socks and the extremely strange things. So when the you're trash. Yeah, the trash. So when you're mailing the trash, you want to send it to your buyer, but your return address also needs to be the buyer's address so that he doesn't have your address. Yeah. Right. So there's ways to do that with certain websites. And we have this, you know, step by step. And like you said, with the payment methods, if you someone sends you a cash app for your nudes, you don't want them to put nudes and your cash app gets taken down. And then all of a sudden you no longer have ever have access to cash app or... Or if you use an Amazon wish list, somebody can go in and make it look like they bought everything and that's their payment for the content you're going to give them, but they turn around and cancel it and you just put all your time and effort Mm -hmm. into this content for them. And you actually didn't get paid. <laughs> yeah, I had a guy bought like wish list me the Sibian, you know, the thing that Howard Stern always talks about. It's like a two thousand dollar thing. So I did like a two hour show with this guy, and I think my friend was involved, and she was getting a piece of it. And then a week later, never shows up. I call Amazon. They're like, "Oh well, wait, he you just were going to share the Sibian? Were you going to share the Sibian? Probably. <laughs> what is a Sibian? <laughs> a shared <laughs> Sibian." You're timesharing. As long it. as it's clean, <laughs> timesharing. <laughs> what percentage um, of the timeshare did you get? <laughs> so yeah, it never came, and then I. I <laughs> ah, okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, that. Anyways. So, anyways, if you read the book, you'd know that, and then you could take your time to set up and feel confident yeah. and safe, and know what would happen if you, you know, speed through certain things. Anyone can reverse search an image. So make sure you're not using content that you've that's on your Facebook page. Make sure your location isn't tagged in anything on that's any of a your big sites. Thing. That's a big thing. I know. I I I never. It's. I have. Uh, I'm very careful about because I've stayed anonymous. So I'm very careful about if I do post an image. It's usually like my face, like kind of a little bit obscured. So like you wouldn't really be able to pick me out like straight on. And, and you have no tattoos. You know, we could say like, hey, get some NARS. Yeah. Shape tape and cover that tattoo, sis. If it's you trying to not. Oh yeah, and there's there's a few brands you can as long as you apply it right, you can put on some makeup and fully cover it. Yeah, and I do I do want to know if anyone's listening. This might be really important. There is there are DMCA takedowns, which is a right for content creators. That is one of the biggest rights that we've succeeded to have. So if Reddit or another website is what do they call it when people are like kind of doxing you? Yeah, if, if someone's sharing any any of your content Illegally. that is not theirs to share. So at the bottom of Reddit, you'll see like a DMCA takedown link. Most of these sites have them, Pornhub, etc. So search your, you know, OnlyFans usernames if any other sites have it copied and pasted. You can contact OnlyFans. They'll get it removed for you because technically they own the rights to it. 
Um, you can just threaten someone with doing the DMCA takedown. They should take it down. And then you can also hire agencies or companies to screen the internet for any and all of your content. And this also gives you a huge peace of mind. But if you're fucking worried about people finding out, assume they're going to find out, have yeah. a fucking game plan, or like just don't take the risk if you're not willing for that scenario to happen. Otherwise you're shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah. yeah. Cause you, you can be as safe as you can. You can plan all day on how to keep this away, but you, you never know who's going to subscribe or who's going to randomly just get pushed to your account. So you yeah. always have to be ready. And what will you do if someone, you know, is subscribed and they're in your DM saying, I know you and threatening you to do things or they'll out you. You have to think about those scenarios. I've, that's happened to me on live cam. It's fucking scary and it traumatizes you. And then, I mean, you, you start feeling like you're watched. I mean, people become obsessed with you because you have, you're getting paid to act like you're obsessed with them. Yeah. Well, there are a lot of weirdos out there. I've already, I haven't even gotten into the realm that you're discussing, but just from my voice, people, I've, I've had my fair share of stalkers. I, in the beginning, you're talking about security. Didn't, there was some, didn't set things up right where people can, again, I had too much information. They put it together, found my home address. I found this guy on my back deck when I was like, oh my God. And just, <sighs> yes. Freaky, freaky. Did you call the police? Of course. Yes. Did, did they get him? Oh, yeah. He left before they got Yeah. <gasps> I was just like, and it scares the shit out of you. And I had just gotten out of the shower. I'm like, did you know who he was? No, some he, fucking random dude. He didn't like reach out to you after or anything? No. Did you get security cameras? I got a whole lot of shit after that. Like, now, like, literally, don't even step foot in my home. Like, I will shoot you where you stand. Like, <laughs> Oh no, the I was about to say there's there's gonna be a day when we fully redo our full security here. Yeah. But <laughs> I want an armed guard at the door. And only half joking. Listen, I don't know what the guy's intentions were. However, you know, when you find someone in your backyard, they didn't knock on the front door and it was not for any good reason. There's no good reason. And I had, you know, I had at the time, I had these really large, it was my dining room. And then you could pu push these, you know, big, huge glass doors and open out onto this massive deck. And he's just standing there and they were open because it's my backyard and it was a nice spring day, you know, and I wanted the breeze to come in. That's the whole point of having all that. And there's a guy and I'm like, there's just no barrier between him and me. And, you know, I had just gotten out of the shower and I had my hair wrapped up in a towel. Thank mm. God it was clothed when I walked through the kitchen. But a lot of times I wouldn't, or, you know, through the dining room. A lot of times I wouldn't be. It's my own damn house. So yeah. anyway, it was uh, definitely taught me a big lesson. And very quickly after that, that what at the time, one of the guys I was seeing worked for, he was high on the security team for Apple. So he was like, I'm like, go through this. And he went through and just buttoned everything up for me to make sure that that couldn't happen again. But yeah, I mean, there's just weird, weird shit that happens. And so you have to, you know, protecting yourself is, is important. So I, well, I, I haven't read your book, but I would recommend it oh. to anybody that's thinking about, you <laughs> well, know, we have it broken up in eBooks as well. If you just are looking for a certain pocket of information, yeah. but I feel like all this frustration, it's, you know, it's like uh, sex education. It's so frustrating in school. And then you're just thrown to the sharks to try to yeah. figure out how to 
A, navigate sex. They don't even talk about or- how to orgasm. So then when it comes to sex work, again, you're being thrown to the wolves and it's even scarier because when a guy is paying for something, they feel entitled to your body even without sometimes without consent. So it's, it's very frightening. And seeing the comments and reactions to my content, that's when it hit like a deeper note. Like, oh my God, this isn't just for fun. This isn't just for joy. This is actually value that could change the community. So now it's like a, a duty that we have. And then with OnlyFans almost boycotting sex work altogether... Um, I was reached out by news outlets and I was like, oh my God, am I an advocate now? Am I a voice for the community? Do I have the qualifications for this? <laughs> imposter syndrome. Um, no, but I, it know. Was- I know. We all, yeah, we all get that imposter syndrome. But no, you absolutely are. So now it's like, when do we do politics? Because <laughs> that's the fucking next step <laughs> there you go. to change there you go. the virtual sex workspace. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's the there- only way. What do your friends and family think about all this? Do they know everything? What do What does your family think about your boss? <laughs> my family's fine. <laughs> uh, I told my parents kind of like what we were moving here for, what all Anna did and was involved in, and they're like, okay. I haven't really told Hubs's family yet. We've got some old Southern Nana in the family, so yeah. Avoid that topic. But I would also say, whenever I told any of like my friends or the people that knew me that I was moving here, and like what everything here was and encompassed, they all went, yeah, that sounds right. That sounds like that's, yep. I mean, I I definitely, I didn't know it was going to, all of my career paths aren't promised. So I pick and choose what I tell people. You know, I can say I'm a serial entrepreneur. I work with e-commerce companies. I have a fulfillment center. Or if they're a creepy guy, I'm like, oh, I sell knives and self-defense items. And this is <laughs> in my back pocket. Yeah. Or if it's like a cute girl that I'm flirting with, I'm like, yeah, I sell sex toys. It's <laughs> when I'm an influencer and a model. Yeah. <laughs> or if it's my grandparents, I'm like, yeah, I sell just clothing and accessories at alienoutfitters.com. So it's, right. it's nice to pick and choose. But for the close family, I've kind of added myself to them on my podcast. So I have an episode with my mom, my brother. Oh. I've always kind of kind of hinted at it because I was a go-go dancer. They knew about the stripping. So they've kind of come accustomed with me being a self-expression of crazy on the internet. So I kind of just moved it into that direction and told them the numbers. And it's it's unfortunate that you kind of have to say like, oh, it's a lot of money for people to take it seriously. But they were both really proud and my biggest supporters. And my dad who works at a church, he knows about me selling adult toys and products, which has actually opened him up more to me, which is kind of nice. But um, as far as like selling nudes and like the explicit, explicit stuff, I'm sure his mind wanders there, but I'm never going to be like, hey, dad, I spread my pussy. Yeah. This is what I do. You better like it. Well, he also at first wanted a copy of her book. And we were yes. Like, mm-hmm. No, sir. I said, dad, there's just some, you know, really you don't want it. feminine photos in there that I'd rather not. He was like, okay, I understand. Yeah. So you can ask me any questions about it. But at this point, since I withdrew from the relationship from him for 10 years because he didn't value my existence. Now he knows he hasn't, there's no other chances. This this is one shot and he will, I'm sure if I did porn or was a a hit man, he'd still want to be and have his daughter around. I'm sorry, dad. I didn't mean to say that. Sit down. I just know you want to love me. I love you. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what do you think about all the censorship around sexuality? Fuck it. How am I taking it? Fuck it. (laughs) 
I think I'm like since or shocked, numb from numb. I'm numb. We're numb. I feel it's like part of it. At all moments, we while, while like when big platforms come down, like we just had a platform currently. The the big boy, the Rebecca Blue TikTok, went dark yesterday. Day um, before yesterday, day forty eight hours, And while that sucks, and it, it takes a minute to kind of like mourn and reset, we also always know that. Every time we turn around, it's going to be another platform. It's going to be something else. It's going to be another violation. It's going to be X, Y, Z when we shouldn't be getting violations, but we're going to just because of the taboo-ness of it. So I, I think the goal every time is when something happens, it's it's never going to be the end of it. We're always going to come back from it. We're going to start the ground again. It's, if anything, like like you said earlier, Anna, not why did this happen to me? Why did this happen for me? Is it a new audience you get to reach? Is right. it a new strategy you get to have Clean for a slate. page? Yeah, it's not having an account that we know there's strikes from the previous year. And like we're just sitting on edge waiting for the next one. Um, so we always know it's going to happen and it's really. It's really discouraging, but it's never something that's going to stop us or discourage us to the point of just being like, well, I guess it's not worth it. Yeah. Do you have any tricks for getting around it? Absolutely. Sometimes when it comes to like captioning, we've tested literally just leaving captions blank um, or only putting emojis, like not using hashtags to strategize anything in because the content's going to end up speaking for itself and find its way. If it's words in text, we're switching the words. We're putting the text together on two separate text bubbles so they're not technically like read by a computer directly together. At one point, uh, we just tried so putting Anna in a trash bag. In com- you're saying you're just like typing it in complete sentences so that you get around the censors. That are like typing half of the sentence here and then a few of the letters here and then lining them up so yeah. it looks like it's one text. One time we just started putting Anna in a trash bag for all of her content. <laughs> so I have a few a few notes to add. Yes. <laughs> the trash bag phase was great. When you are having a link in your bio that's not safe for work content, 18 yeah. explicit. That's a no-go. If you have this link in your bio that's taking anyone that can see your account to there, the apps are going to flag you. So it's really important to just say, hey, all my links on my Twitter, all my links on my Instagram, not even anything clickable, just what your handle is and the name, or even just putting your email. People will find you if they want to see it. it. Don't risk putting anything like that in there. We, it's hard you're to saying, even say you're link saying, in bio oh, or go to bio because they don't. I'm sorry. So you're saying link, you're saying don't put, avoid putting in any direct URLs. Right. Like for us, we just do professionalgoddess.com because you can kind of. We try, so we have, we utilize Linktree and contact in bio and we have a couple different ones. So we have yeah. one that is specifically more curated to the adult content. And I think that one lives on Instagram where it's not going to be the hack or the bots going through to check it and just flag it. Whereas TikTok, TikTok, you put a sensitive link in, you're done. Yeah. And with TikTok, if you are in a bikini or anything sexual, if you're in a real setting, like a backyard or a pool, there's less opportunity for it to get banned. Also on Instagram, if you're promoting your OnlyFans, post the sexy photo on your story first. 
follow it by just a plain colored story post with new content on my special site. If the algorithm catches skin in the first photo attached to a link that's a call to action to go off the site to an exclusive site, they will flag that post. Yeah, and they're they're scanning for skin. Do you know what pisses me off? I have to just say this right now is that, and I'm sure you share this sentiment, but what irritates me the most about all this is that basically if you're, I'm sure they're not doing this to men as much. I mean, I don't even hear about this happening to men, but if you're a woman and you're in a bikini and you're showing yourself in a bikini, which is normal to wear a bikini, if you're capitalizing on that image and making money off of it, basically it's being shut down. However, if you were to be coming to these companies and advertising through them in some way, using sex to sell something, that's okay. If they can capitalize on it, it's all right. But when they can't, it's not. And to make it even worse, a child in her bikini on TikTok, because she's not linking it to get off the site, it's okay for her to dance scandalous because she's not trying to use the platform for her own gain, which that's the darker side of TikTok is this extreme sexualizing of children not being protected. Yeah. Well, I don't think I agree with you in the sense that I don't think that, you know, I think that while policing stuff and checking for inappropriate content is a good idea for sure, because it does protect children and it should protect children, there has to be a better way to uh, distinguish between an adult in a bikini versus a child who might be sexually exploited. And instead, it's just all lumped together into one Mm -hmm. bad thing. Right. Yeah, because that's all it is, is it's just looked at as bad, which it's not. It's in no form, is it? But everything sex, everything in this realm automatically gets the bad label. But the key, though, is if you're just posting yourself in a bikini in the backyard, you're whatever got your girlfriends with you there and there everyone's in bikinis laughing giggling blah 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 it's a sexy little shot 10 seconds one minute it's done you're not directing someone to go somewhere off their site you're not moving their traffic off the site they're probably going to let it slide because what they again what they care most about is you're capitalizing on a financial opportunity that they can't and don't and so they don't want if people are moving away from the site that takes money potentially out of their pocket. Well, if you're a user on any social media platform, the platform thinks of you as a product that they can right. sell to you their are, advertisers. Well, you are. You are. When you're on a free right? platform, that's, that's gotta, the idea. So that's even like idea. you said, using LinkedIn bio or anything directing, verbiage to direct you off the site, the algorithm will suppress new products on sale, shop now. So you have to like use pig Latin to <laughs> express that right. you have a store and a small business, which everyone's like, the American dream. And then they're like, throw you in a black hole, see what happens. I also just think it's it's so weird to me that these platforms have such an issue with us directing them to other places, yet they give us the spot to put our website link. They give us on TikTok the ability to link your Tag Instagram comments. or your YouTube to direct it over. They give you on Instagram stories the the link to send you anywhere. If you're going to have a problem with it, don't 
and you're going to penalize us for it, don't give us the option. Like if you're going to give us the option, let us use it and yeah. let I us mean, maximize it. By the way, this is not something that's unique to sex workers or like a sex podcaster. It's this stuff is, I mean, I interview plenty of doctors, sex therapists, people with gal that, you know, I just did, was talking to the other day to become good friends. With, I mean, she's a Harvard scholar. She has the same problem too with censorship. Because if you're talking about things that are sexual in nature or sexually related, even from an educational standpoint, you're, you, you could be using all of the proper terms for the appropriate body parts. Boom, you're getting flagged too. And shit taken down. And it's, it, again, it's just, it's ridiculous. It's so hard to just learn. And that's why, that's why everything is just put as a general bad is because there's not good ample opportunities that aren't flagged or taken down to learn basics and learn things. Like so many people, I feel like in their sex life, they like keep it very, very vanilla and not necessarily because they just choose that, but because they don't have resources or they haven't found the resources to figure out more things or figure out how to dive further in, in the bedroom and in sexual encounters. And they're just like, all right, this is what I learned at the middle school lunch table. This is as far as it's getting. I know. <laughs> I remember the first, I remember what I said to my mom one time, like, I thought I'd heard her and my dad having sex and I just heard him moaning or something. And I think I said something like, I know you were giving dad a blowjob last night. And my mom, she wasn't having it, right? So she's the wrong person. If you're going to start to go down that road, she's going to be like, all right, you want to have this conversation? Guess what? You're, we're going to have it. You're going to be uncomfortable. So, Woo, so I love that. That's me. <laughs> she goes, uh, oh, really? What's a blowjob? Describe yeah. it. Oh my God. Tell me. And I was like, Oh my, I mean, I'm like, oh, 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 oh. I didn't think we were going to get this far. <laughs> I did. I was just like, oh my God. Because now I have to actually like talk to her. She's like, okay, Miss Miss Adult, you want to, you know, like, here we go. What Let's is talk it? about it. Let's talk That's about so it. Funny. And oh my God, that just shut me up. I was just like backpedaling out of that as fast as I could. I didn't know. I said, <laughs> so I go, funny. well, I think it's, it's when you blow. And she's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. And I bet that lesson stuck with you. I, that lesson stuck with me. I'm like, be very careful about the kinds of conversations, what you open yourself up to, because you better know, what you, you better have something to back it up. Um, I'm going to teach you a lesson. Yes. So what are, I'm sure you have probably a bazillion million between the two of you working where you work, doing what you do. You must have some crazy freaking stories from stripping or any of your side hustles. What's like, what are some of like the craziest requests you get, the craziest stuff you've sold? I think trash is always interesting. Just the, the degrading kink of us like squishing a chocolate bar in shoes and then mailing them the shoes and telling them how to eat the chocolate bar and take how to take videos of it or shopping for guys at Victoria's Secret. And you had some ask for you, I believe, to vibe yourself while reading their favorite novel yeah. or something. One reached out one time and he was like, can you like record your feet in heels driving? Or cock cages where guys lock their cock up so it can't get hard and then I hold the keys. This recent one, we thought the keys got lost in the mail. Yes. <gasps> he sent you the key. They have apps for that. Why is he sending you keys? He, you because... Can just he wants to. He, he wants finds, to know that she's holding yeah, on yeah, to it, and yeah. And wild turn, he ended up 
trying to kill himself, went to the hospital and they had to remove it. So when we <gasps> told him we got the keys, he told us that. And we were like, we're going to stop this here so we don't get into that can of worms. Oh my gosh. No way. Yeah, that was a recent one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sold my IUD, my spit, <laughs> my bath water. You sold your I recently- IUD? Oh, yeah, she did. That that got me viral a few times. For how yeah. much? Can I ask? We say four figures so that we can let that story out ourselves once <laughs> we decide to tell. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I had a guy who just loved collecting like my stuffed animals or false pregnancy tests, like really bizarre mantle pieces for him. This is... Cr- I know. I... This, I love this stuff, actually. I'm like, why? Me too. It's so interesting to me. I really do. It's fascinating to me. I mean, and again, this just, this goes back to why we're, why there's so much done to just sort of quiet, hush, censor, repress our sexuality when we're so driven for it. It is, it, we're wired for pleasure. We're wired to move towards pleasure and move away from pain. This is basic, basic biology as human beings. And it's the only the reason that we're still here on this fucking planet this long. Because Well, we, I, I personally move towards pain. But, <laughs> well, I do too. I do too, depending on who's administering it. But that's another right. show. But, you right. know, like, I mean, doesn't make any sense to me. And so I love the fact that you can help and you're indulging and giving an outlet to people that have these desires. I mean, why not? It's not hurting anybody. Don't yuck someone's yum. We get a lot of comments shaming people. And I'm like, you know what? They're confident and brave to actually look internally and see what they like. And you probably only do missionary, no shade, love missionary, but like they're cutting off their capability of pleasure in the spectrum of it. So I enjoy just fucking like the shows where I do a humiliation and just like rage at them, how disgusting their tiny cock is. And then watching them come, I'm just like, I am so powerful. Yeah. Let me go to the mall. (laughs) (laughs) Let me go to the mall. (laughs) No, I mean, and that's what that person wants. That's what turns them on. That's what they need. And they don't have an outlet for that readily available because it's a little, it's on the fringe, but there's a lot of people that love different, weird, off the, just off the beaten path kind of stuff. And and they need a space to they execute do. it safely. They do. Absolutely. Consensually. Yeah. yeah. So all the different kinks and stuff. Now, do you, have you ever, when you did sex work, are you just doing, were you were just doing the stripping and the OnlyFans? Would you ever meet with clients? Would you actually do face-to-face? It was so dancing and then I was doing cam modeling, like live shows and that moved to like custom videos, pictures, et cetera. So it was all virtual. The dancing was the most physical contact and then shipping items would be the next phase of halfway physical contact. Um, A lot of people are very vocal about selling DNA being very risky. And it's a... It's because they're going to clone you or they're going to leave your DNA at a murder scene every time. And we have YouTube videos responding to this because it's just quite 
a simple concept that if you put my hair on someone's dead body, A, like really, you're just going to pick a random model that you're like sexually attracted to. And then the police are going to be like, were you in Virginia? No, here's the bill of sale. Yeah, I'm going to pull up yeah. the bill of sale for, for the yeah. transaction. And and- people's DNA is everywhere. Like I went to eat yesterday. There was a piece of hair on my chair. Like you can... <laughs> Yeah, you can get it anywhere. Anyone's and cloning. Tell me, when was the last clone you saw? I just want to know which one of these bitches online has the like. The where's cloning the cloning machine? machine. Show, t- walk up in here and show me the machine and that you had it made and you can do this. Then we'll talk well, about. Well, then I googled cloning. it and it was like a minimum of like ten million dollars to get started on anything. Yes, so at, right. at some point, I literally want to find a a scientist, a specialist that like is in the realm of cloning, and be like, we're talking well, to you. And then there's witchcraft, which I understand some people are feel strongly about hexing and I understand yeah. that but like fucking hex me no just kidding <laughs> just kidding no, no we just got rid of the mold device well not not got rid but adjusted the owners. yes so you send your trash to someone is that the deal or people want to buy your tra- does it matter what's in the trash depends on the client's request okay so some want general trash and then others want like i i saw like one pour pour into your whole fridge and here's a harris teeter gift card well i've got a roach one time mm-hmm. yeah didn't i like put it inside something and was like surprise probably <laughs> yeah. a cockroach? wait a cockroach? Yeah. <laughs> yeah there's a lot of cockroaches in the swamp land i live in where where do you live I live on the eastern coast of North Carolina, close oh, okay. to Wilmington. Okay. I'm in lots Florida. Lots of hurricanes here. I'm oh, in cool. Florida, so there's lots of cockroaches, too. And yeah, we have gators. Yes, gators. Yeah. I, mean, I moved from California, and I'm like, why are there cockroaches? You know, it's like, yeah, I don't even care about them anymore. Like, mm-hmm. I just I'm let them go back where they come. I'm originally from Florida, so I know how big cockroaches are down there. And I'm pretty sure I have a diagnosable phobia of cockroaches. I mean, I, I don't like any bugs, but like cockroaches are a different level of panic that I go into when I yeah, them. Yeah. around to make sure. Yeah. They're definitely unsavory. So tell me, how did you develop this love of business? And when did you like cue into? Just like, I really like business and solving problems and being creative and having a plan and executing it and then getting that satisfaction when you knock it out of the park. What drove that in you? That's a great question. I think the lemonade stand. (laughs) That's like a generic (laughs) answer. Well, it was financial insecurity, hustling and stealing. That was my option as a kid. My dad left. We lived with my grandparents for a while. My mom was working three jobs. So my brother was prescribed an Adderall and I'd sell his Adderall at school. I made duct tape wallets in middle school. I was always trying to make things, but my creative expression was often suppressed. So once I was able to kind of go out on my own and be fully creative and feel financially secure, it was addictive. And seeing my mom work three jobs and like, oh, she can do it. My work ethic was just over the moon. I can't stand when people try to help me. So I'm really empowered by figuring things out myself. I love proving people wrong. I love embracing mistakes. I I don't want to read the instructions because I want to make a mistake and learn how to do it. So I don't have to read the instructions next time. Yeah. So it's definitely stems from that. But hustle is a gene we've come (laughs) to terms with. You just can't fucking teach it. So was out the wound, had my wallet ready. (laughs) (laughs) Stripper heels all tightly stuff ready to go my mom said i came out like a slip and slide yeah 
What? So I know you have a lot of stuff. Tell me about all the stuff that you have. All your like side businesses. Yes. Okay. Like, like fun stuff. Like, <laughs> right, how should, should we start at the top? I mean, what is the definition of the top? Question. Just what's under, what is under the Slutrepreneur Empire? What's under that umbrella? Oh, under the, okay. I was going to give you the full spectrum. So Slutrepreneur, we have the YouTube channel, the podcast. The the, OnlyFans. The OnlyFans. Two OnlyFans accounts. The eBooks. Um, The eBooks, the merch store, probably another five to 10 other sex websites. Media kits for like different ads on um, different platforms. Influencing is starting to pick back uh, or pick up. Um, mentorships. Mentorships had a pause from yeah. that. But it's still a service. Yeah. I'm sure there's more in there too. That sounds about right. And then that, yep, that is the entrepreneur side. <laughs> and then I'd say it'd be bad to not hit the other side. Where she is also the CEO and founder of Alien Outfitters, yes, Corny Stoner, yeah, Blades for Babes, Jane Doe Rescue Foundation, the Second Orbit Vintage. That might be it for. Uh, yeah, that's probably it for oh, the moment. I mean, oh, that's all. <laughs> you gotta. You just gotta. I mean, I think you might on. be a little. Uh, I think you might have just like lowered the bar for yourself. You might want to raise it and try to jump a little. <laughs> I don't know. We don't keep all of our eggs in one basket. We just did our first market here because we have 5,000 square feet of empty space. So we decided to just throw an event, invite local small businesses. It was a huge success. And I was just like, so how can we do better? (laughs) So now we also have a No living in the moment. No, (laughs) like it was, okay, what, let's make this fucking bigger. That was I was gonna say the goal, but I don't think this is. There's a word for it. Just the, the floor, the floor of it. You were trying to break through the glass ceiling. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we're excited. It's gonna be a, actually. We were in the news because of it, and I'm like, that's the first like like news I've gotten because in sex work, it, it's you can't get in the news. It's impossible. Yeah, like, unless yeah, it's, it's a scandal. Unless you like. Unless it's yeah. a scandal. Yeah, I recently saw an article. And of course, they highlight on this uh, popular OnlyFans model stabs and kills her boyfriend. I was like, great, thank you for helping out the community. <laughs> but it was funny because it was a news article we could actually like send to our family. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. What did you think of? What were you? Were you panicked when you heard, got the news that OnlyFans was going to try to cleanse their platform of sex workers? I wasn't even surprised. If the emotion. If you're not executing it as motivation, it's completely useless and hurts you. So the first thing we did was we need to help the community. What resources do we have? We picked back up on all the websites that have been around since the dawn of the internet before OnlyFans. We said, sign up here. This is what's good about this site. This is what's bad. Here's how you can batch your content. We sat down to record an emergency episode to post that day. And that's when Inked Magazine listened to the episode. I saw it. I saw that. Yeah. So it was, um, we had my OnlyFans assistant start making new accounts, getting profiles set up, marketing them. We just put all our energy into getting what we had, our customer base, and converting them and funneling them to keep them around. And if they love you, they'll follow. Right. Right. That's what we did. And then I feel like it was just a big PR stunt and they suck. And then, you know what? The I've had them reach out to me and ask me to come on their platform and uh, bring my podcast onto their platform. And I'm like, no way. No way. They just want their share. Uh, there's, uh, you know, there's no way because... 
grandma I am. I can't, I don't <laughs> trust what your intentions are over the long haul. And so you just, you don't, you don't have to show me but once. Yeah. And they, they literally overnight, especially through the pandemic, so many people clearly switched to sex work and online sex work. Just because, yeah, like it, yes. it was easier, like if it's easier to accommodate working from home. And so at that point, a lot of people had all of their eggs and OnlyFans and to just pull a stunt like that and almost like <laughs> rip these people's hearts and souls out in yes. 24 hours because they think all of a sudden they have to fully adjust and move and change everything that is providing for their livelihood. It was just really, really shitty of them to do yes. that. Yeah, and to so, not take care of the creators who have made that platform. Yes, you can have an OnlyFans, and it doesn't have to be nudes or sex work or whatnot. But I'm sure about 98 percent of the platform is. So if you if you can't even stand up for the people that are maintaining your platform and bringing you that 20 percent revenue cut that you just have to have, like, or just acknowledge them. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's, I mean, really, that's what built the platform. It's the sex workers that built that platform. They only promote like workout girls and yeah. like authors. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, very, although it's, I think it's a good lesson for people that, again, whether you, regardless of the business, I always say, you could ask me to sell rubber dog shit and I will find a way to distribute the fuck out of that. Crap, no pun intended, because it doesn't matter what the product is. A good business mind and a good business model is gonna is the fuel that runs the engine. Yes, and, and what you also need to do and what people need to be aware of and what I love that you guys are doing so well is the diversification that you have with your product lines. And you know, anytime you engage with a third party platform in any way, you always have to think about what's my backup plan because they have power to disrupt your cash flow essentially. I'll take it even one step further and say another good thing when you want to go farther down the rabbit hole is don't be careful about how many of too much of the same payment processor, have different payment processors, sign up for different. You're you're on this one over here. Make sure if you have an option, sign up for this one over there because see what competitive rates there are. Well, but once you get flagged on one is my point. Like you have to really kind of, I find my job, one of the things I do is like try to think 10 steps ahead of everybody else. What do we do when this happens? What do we do when that happens? Even with the same bank, don't do all your banking with the same bank. Like you can't have all your money tied up in the same spot. It has to be mm. diversified. Diversified. It has to be diversified yes. and, too. And yeah. if you're able to, and some of the platforms, I know they make you do cash outs every so often. If Like OnlyFans, you can do a manual cash out. Every you need day. to be going in there every day, multiple times a day. And even if you've hit that $20 threshold to cash out, you need to cash it out because as soon as they decide, oh, we're going to pull your account, anything in there is no longer yours. Right. That's the point. Exactly. And so it's the same thing with banking. It's the same thing with these apps. Any Again, I'll just say, generically speaking, any third party you engage with, you have to understand, think of the worst case scenario that they could cause you and, pre- and hedge against it. Just prepare for that. And yeah, you have to expect the worst, hope for the best. Yeah. And don't expect that getting your account banned is part of this. Have a backup account get people, funnel them to as many platforms as you can. That way, like for me, it didn't hurt as bad because I know I still have accounts with hundreds of thousands of followers. And if you bring that value, they'll they'll keep coming back. I've had right. creators I follow. I search for them. I find them. I yeah. tell Instagram, bring them back. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Well, y- 
Thank you, ladies. This has been fabulous. I've really enjoyed this. Tell everyone where they can find you. They can find us on Instagram at Sluchpreneur. Um, while, you're also, still up, while you're still up, where can they find us? While we're still there. You yeah. can also find us at professionalgoddess.com. And we also have a discount code set up. The discount code is CuriousGirl. And it'll save listeners 10% on the site. That's everything from our merch to our educational pieces. We're currently sold out of Sluchpreneur Secrets, but we have a oh, no. PDF version. <laughs> Well, we're currently working on our third third edition, third drop. Hardcover. Yes, we are yeah. adjusting to a hardcover. But we have the full version as a PDF online. Um, and as soon as you buy it, you can jump in and start reading. And then... I'm going to pers- buy it because I want oh. advice on... And I'm going to use the code. <laughs> <laughs> you do it. Because I want one thing that I can't get enough of, or I'm always looking for, of course, is good business ideas, but especially just with navigating around these platforms and with the censorship that just drives me up a fucking wall. And I feel like I need to be a whole, I've got to turn myself into a whole new person and educate myself in a whole new area that I don't have time to do. So let me just go to somebody that has already been through this, knows this Mm -hmm. shit, Give me the information, I'll put it into practice, but I don't want to have to try to reinvent the wheel when it comes to hedging. Right. Yeah. Time is money. I mean, we have a 23 websites you can, excuse me, we have a PDF that's the 23 websites that you can sell weird things on the internet because ah. it took me 10 years to find all those underground dark websites. Yeah. Um, so that's there. My personal is Miss Mothership. TikTok, if you want to find like the funny viral weirdo shit that I post, it's at... Is that like the spaghetti? The spaghetti. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we did a commercial for Blue Chew, the erectile dysfunction pill, and we creatively made a script so that Instagram wouldn't take it down about how we like hard noodles instead of soft noodles. And we're doing slow-mo of noodles getting thrown in my face, like a, what's it called? A cum shot. It's on your face. What's it called? That's, that's the money shot. That was the best way. The money it. shot. <laughs> yes. So that you'll find all that really fun stuff there. So and then, this out. and then you can find me on Insta at Strictly Biz Liz and on TikTok as Mostly Biz Liz. There we go. All right. Well, thank you everyone for listening today. And you guys always know where you can find me. You know what I love. Give it to me. Give it to me. I love your voicemails. Go to the website, thecuriousgirldiaries.com. Click on the pink tab on the right-hand side. You have five minutes. Let it rip. And I get back to each and every one of you personally. All right, guys. Take care. Everyone stay happy, stay healthy, stay safe. Love you guys. Bye, guys. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. And if you like what you hear, refer me to a friend. And make sure you're following me on social media. Also, go to the website, thecuriousgirldiaries.com and join my subscribers-only list for access to exclusive content. And as usual, questions or comments, you can always email me at curiousgirl at thecuriousgirldiaries.com.